You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Acme Packing Company podcast feed. I'm Just Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Tyler Brooks. Say what's up to the people, Tyler. What's up, people? You you think we would have had an emergency pod by now, because uh, I think someone might be getting traded at some point, maybe? Well, it's not Darnell Savage. Ah, uh, maybe. Goody, you can still help. Goody said down there at the uh, owner's meeting that Darnell Savage is going to be the starting say. I, I guess let's start with that instead of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so, this, uh, we were planning on talking, just touching on the Aaron Rodgers stuff <laughs> on, on the top, but there was like actual insight by, uh, it was actually LaFleur. It wasn't Goody, by the yeah, yeah. Um LaFleur said Keyshawn Nixon is going to be playing in the slot and Russell Douglas is going to be playing outside this year, which probably makes you think like, how is that going to work out when you have two other corners? And it seems like the answer is Eric Stokes's ankle isn't fully healthy, which Bill Huber of Sports Illustrated, great, great reporter. He's gets a bunch of scoops. I think he's probably one of the two best guys on the beat right now. Yeah. Um, Bill Huber had reported earlier this offseason that they thought that he was going to be ready for uh, the start of training camp. So. I don't know if that changes things or what that means once Stokes is healthy, but it appears that their cornerback rotation right now looks like it's going to be Alexander and Douglas outside, um, Nixon in the slot, and then TBD, which then big question mark at safety. Because I think right now, you know, Adrian Amos is still out there on the open market. He did take a visit with the Baltimore Ravens, which is, Notable because he is from Baltimore. Um, yep. Or at, at least the area, I believe. Um, he didn't sign the deal, which is kind of surprising. Usually when guys take a visit, they're signing the first thing, you know, the, the first place that they get get into the room with. Um, Something about Packers players going to Baltimore and deals falling through uh, the past couple of years. So I'm not sure what that's about. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so the alternative with Savage – and Amos would be Savage and probably Rudy Ford at this mm-hmm. point, which firmly probably puts them in play uh, at, at the safety position at the top of the draft. Maybe not the first round, but mm-hmm. first couple rounds. Um, Goody did mention that this draft is deep in the positions that they kind of have needs in. And he mentioned specifically the tight end position. Um, yep. You guys can listen to the tight end pod uh, to, to hear our thoughts. On, Take two. Yeah, on on those guys. Just a couple interesting things from the owners' meetings. I I actually really liked both interviews from Lafleur and Gutekunst. I liked Gutekunst more because he basically did the GM equivalent of like bitch slapping a a quarterback that you have under contract. Um, his statements were pretty pretty telling. Uh, basically, just calling Rogers a liar. Yeah. So now we can get an Aaron Rodgers. So boots the whole thing was basically like we were trying to contact Aaron Rodgers this offseason and he was just not replying to us, which at the time, um, you know, what, what was it, two weeks ago when mm-hmm. Rodgers went on the McAfee show and he had said, you know, my intention is to play with the New York Jets. I went on uh, a pack-a-day, like, live stream with Andy Herman and stuff, and he asked me my thoughts and – my initial reaction was the way Rogers was talking about it. And he's always really specific with his words, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you can, the the biggest one is the I'm immunized thing, but like he, he does it beyond that. Right. It felt, it felt to me like a lot of things were hinging on the fact that Rogers claimed Goot said, take however much time you want. And at some point, does someone overstay a welcome, right? And 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 it, take or take too much. You know what I mean? 
isn't that like anyone's job when they're like take as much time as you need when in reality they're like i mean come on you like you got to respond to me at least and like keep right. me abreast of the situation it, exactly so like that's the ticky tacky stuff where i think yeah. this starts to break down um good said that he was not shopping aaron Rodgers, which is what rogers said um he he, ba- he basically if, if you want to revisit it what rogers opinion was was that team uh players around the league were telling him hey the packers are poking around trying to shop you and stuff he thought there was a 90 percent chance that he was going to retire went to the darkness retreat came out and was like actually i want to play which he still hasn't explained what the revelation was that shifted him from 90 percent i'm going to retire and turn down a 60 million dollar contract to i'm ready to play football this season um but worth noting and you know We'll we'll see what goes on from here. From what I understand, uh, Charles Robinson's reporting for Yahoo Sports, where he said uh, the current offer for the Jets right now is two second-round picks, not necessarily this season. Um, one would be this season, and then one would be next, is on the table. Um, I don't know about the conditional 2025 pick that he was talking about. So – Basically, the reporting there was that Green Bay would get uh, a 2023 second, right? They'd be able to use it this year. A 2024 conditional, so next year, right, that would become a first-round pick if, for example, uh, I I believe this was Robinson's example, um, they hosted a divisional-round playoff game, right? It's very specific. So it's like they win the division, right? I mean, that's what it comes down to. but then the Packers might have to give a, a give up a pick in 2025, depending whether or not Aaron Rodgers does or does not play for the Jets in 2024, which the APC Slack has basically said, like, Rodgers playing for you in 2024 is not my 2025 problem. Like, Aaron Rodgers is a flight risk. He's threatened retirement for three straight off seasons. That's why he's available. Yeah. How did this just come up now? How, yeah. it, it, it seems like, from what I understand, do not aggregate this for the love of God. <laughs> from what I understand. Quick, someone get graphic designer on the phone stat. Please, please no. Um, from what I understand, the news that Rodgers was 90% going to retire was news to the Jets. And that has shifted the conversation a little bit. So Hold on, I'm sending this to Dove Kleiman. Please stop. <laughs> do not do that. If you do that, I swear to God, I will never drop another source on this podcast. Um, <laughs> other than when we talk about Jalen Hyatt later. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's kind of where we stand, and that's the staring contest. And I don't know what changes. I don't know if this goes to the draft. I don't know if um, – I don't really know who wins leverage on draft day. I know a lot of people look at that and they say the Jets win leverage there because then you don't get 2023 picks. I don't know that if it it matters when the pit like Goot isn't on the hot seat. So yeah. like giving up draft value is just giving up draft value. I don't I don't think everyone necessarily looks at future draft picks as less valuable than current draft picks. Um yeah. I think in the Jets circumstance they'll be less valuable just because the team will be better. Right. Yeah. But once you account for that, I I think things are kind of a wash. I think you need to pivot the Diamond Hands Gutekunst campaign uh, because I don't think anyone on the Internet or any Packers fan wants to see them give up a pick along with Aaron Rodgers. Um, That's just you're getting a four time MVP. And even if it's for one season, isn't it worth it for the one season? I mean, look at what the Buccaneers did. I mean, they went all out with Brady. They got their Super Bowl. And then he dipped after a couple That's more years. That's what I'm like. Do the Jets yeah. know who Aaron Rodgers was <laughs> before they started these conversations? Yeah, did it's they like they did. Shiny don't... quarterback and like we're like, I just want him. And then they're slowly realizing who Aaron Rodgers is. And they're, I don't know. No, dude, they followed the Rodgers method. They did their own research and then, then they started learning some stuff. You're literally asking friends. They're like, hey, hack it. Do you want to, do you want to coach Rodgers? He's like, dude, I would love to coach Rodgers. And they figured everything else out. Um, from there on out, I I don't think they're gonna get thirteen. No. I don't even think 
The dream is dead, unless it's a pick swap, and then technically you won. Yeah, but you're moving up two slots in this draft. I don't think doesn't it doesn't matter. Like you won, Justice. There. Justice, you yeah. won if they do the pick swap. I guess, but um, yeah, not not feeling optimistic about the first round pick. I think Joe Douglas has a lot of friends in the media. Yep. I'll say that. Um, I think a lot of these leaks are coming from Joe Douglas's camp. Um, I think outside of probably Chris Ballard in Indianapolis, there's no one who's more friendly to media than Joe Douglas, who, by the way, has lost two-thirds of his football games as a general manager, <laughs> and the Philadelphia Eagles won, or went to a Super Bowl immediately after he left. Um, not that anyone's counting. Uh, but, yeah, just, you know, use, uh, what, what do we call it, media literacy, and just think, is Joe Douglas leaking this? Because Joe Douglas has a lot of friends. I think we're getting close, though. The vibes, I think, as far as timeline have improved. Uh, I think the owners meeting helped a lot. Just hearing from Gutekunst. I think he was pretty open with where they're at on things. By the way, it is so weird hearing like live updates about trade negotiations like this. Like this doesn't happen. And now People like, don't the, like the APC commenters do not like that. They're they're and it's I, I'm weird. Not, I'm not blaming the but their no. team, everyone shut up. No one in Green Bay say anything. They they don't want to hear from Murphy anymore. They don't want to hear from Dude <laughs> anymore. LaFleur really doesn't say that much, but I mean, I guess no. he's not the guy pulling the trigger on this. I think he still wants Rodgers, but I mean, I kind of get why they feel that way. But again, it's just like we we've not seen this. It's so weird that everyone knows it's going to happen and everyone's out in the open talking about it publicly. Yeah. I've just I've never seen something like this. Who uh, did say that it doesn't necessarily have to be a first round pick? And the the way that I interpreted what he said is, we're going to get that first round pick value. It doesn't matter if it's a combo of players, picks, a single pick. Like, we're going to get something roughly equal to pick 13. Yep. So that's that's what I am told to believe at this point by people that I trust. Um, But this is draft talk. And we're talking about interior – or we're we're not interior defensive linemen. But I do want to touch – uh, I was going to ask defensive lineman before we get into Perfect. the wide receivers. So you had me revisit or, or visit because I hadn't seen him at all. Three guys, um, Jervon Dexter, Kobe Turner, and Moro Jomo. Dexter from Florida, Turner's from Wake Forest, Ojomo is from Texas. I got harassed on Twitter by the uh, Shrine Bulls, Eric Galco, who worked with me <laughs> at, at at the XFL. He said that he liked Tyler's list more than mine because his Turner yes. and the Jomo were uh, Shrine Bowl guys, and I hadn't seen them at all. Um, so, you know, as a service to Tyler, our listeners, Galco, I decided to go watch him this week. Um, did uh, cram, you know, b- before this. But I have some thoughts on these guys, and I, I do like them. I do like them. So cool. Jomo is probably the flashiest name just because of, I'm sure you're seeing a bunch of like RAS charts and stuff like that on, on Twitter relative athletic score for those who don't know, um, which scales him on like zero to 10. I think he's like a 9.5 or something like, like very athletic defensive tackle. He was a guy, uh, the, the one day we actually, the one day I actually went and watched drills down in Indianapolis at the scouting combine was for defensive lineman. Um, and he, he looked athletic just like doing, uh, some of the stuff they don't show on TV. So like the hoop drills and stuff like that. And I was like, that's a guy who can move. Like that reminds me of like Javon Hargrave, for example, yeah. when I was down at the senior bowl, I'm like, who the heck is this South Carolina state kid? Um, not the strongest guy, really athletic. I think he's get off is really good. Yeah. I think he has a high motor. Um, thought it was interesting that Texas actually played him on some edge reps, even against Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I like him. I kind of put him as like kind of in that cancy tier, but lower just because of the strength. I I, I do think the strength is going to come into play. The other thing uh, is, was Ojomo the guy who we were told that is like 21 years old and has like five years of college experience or whatever. Yeah. 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 So his situation that was a uh, Jacob, Jacob Morley. Shout out Jacob. Yeah. Sh- shout out to Morley. Um, so he, t- he told us that. So his situation is that 
he grew up in Nigeria where they start like elementary school younger. So he comes to the States, ends up going to Texas when he's like 16 years old. So we're talking about, you know, like an Amobi Okoye type of situation, except for he played five years in college instead of declaring as a true sophomore. Right. So, um, Ojomo's still on, a, you know, the very young side of the spectrum. So he's I do 21 think, years old with five yeah, years of college experience. Like there, There's room for growth there. I understand yeah. it. I actually ended up ranking him as my eighth defensive lineman. That's fair. I have, I mean, I have him. Hold on. Let me pull it back up. I mean, I'm very high on him. I'm at his five and he's oh, like my good. first day two guy. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm happy. We have some disagreement. Finally. I feel like we've, yeah. we've been on the most part, step for step with each other. Um, Kobe Turner, crazy background. Knew nothing about this guy going into it other than the fact that you like him and Galco harassed me about watching him. Um, he's a Richmond transfer. He actually uh, walked on at Richmond. His parents said, you have a year to get a, get a scholarship or you will be going to a better school. He ended up getting a scholarship within the year. He's 6'2", 288, so he's on the smaller side. Ends up transferring to Wake Forest after 27 starts at Richmond. Never actually makes a start at Wake Forest. Despite that, he's still considered like a top 100 uh, type of a draft pick um, in that range, at the very least, um, on on most boards. His hustle is through the roof. He plays bigger than his size. He was not a guy that I thought was 6'2", 288. Um, His pitch count stuff is interesting. He's kind of on that Siaki Ika type of situation where it's like, again, he, he didn't start, right? So like... He's out there for he's, – he's the opposite of Ika, actually, because he's doing a lot of third down stuff, but he's not playing a lot of, like, base downs or, like, when teams get in 12 personnel or heavier and stuff like that. Wake Forest does a ton of, um, you know, mint tight, bear, just like we're putting three defensive tackles on the inside and we're stopping inside run. That's not really Turner's game, um, but he's athletic. He's stronger than his size. Um, I – I really like him. Like he's a guy that even though he's on the smaller side, I think he could fit what green Bay wants to do. Like, I think he could play yeah. end in a three, four. Yeah. I think what the reason I liked him and, you know, I have a day two on grade on him as well. Actually, all three of these guys were going to talk about day two grades for me. Like um, it's hard to find DL tape. That's usually just like entertaining or fun. Right. But like, I think he absolutely has that um, big problem for me. I noticed just, I think his pad level is a little too high on the pass rush. Um, and I don't think he has the bull rush figured out yet, but I do think once he <clears throat> figures that out, especially if he can lower his pads, that like I think that can be a real weapon for him. Um, but like you said, I, I like his motor. I like the way he plays. Uh, a very fun player, and one I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I, I I knew nothing about him going into it, and was like pleasant pleasantly surprised about him. I have him ranked as the seventh guy on my list. Uh, the I, last I got him at eight, so. Bang. We're close on that one. Right there. Last guy I saw, Jervon Dexter, who I was notified by you last time on the pod. He's 6'6". Looks every bit of it. I mean, looks like Eric Armstead, frankly, he's when huge. he's out there. I think he wears the same number. I think he wears number nine out of Florida, you know, that Eric wore at Oregon. Um, allegedly bench benches 225 or 425 pounds, strong oh and what? long. And he runs a four eight eight forty, which is good. Anytime a defensive lineman is running sub five seconds, that's a good sign. I watched him against Kentucky, and I know Kentucky's had some offensive line issues and stuff like that um, this year, not last year. Um, was really impressed, man. I think he's like discount Brissy. Like you can get him a round or two okay. later, and that's like kind of the same dude to me are you are you comparing Brissy because it's kind of like that you see the athletic traits without the polish yet is that what you're saying because that's kind of yeah, what I wrote down but Dexter I mean Dexter's strong as hell though I mean yeah sometimes yeah, you're, you're watching that, that length and strength is apparent on film I would say Carter from Georgia the number one defensive lineman on like everyone's board and then Mozzie Smith from Michigan Outside of those two, I think Dexter is the strongest defensive lineman in this class. Yeah, you're you're not moving him off the line, which no. is is really fun to see. I mean, half uh, the time he's lined up on a guard, 
And that guard is like a legit speed bump. Like he is trying to hang on for dear life because you can't, I mean, I'm sure a lot of these SEC schools, like you can't replicate six, six that strong and runs <laughs> no. a sub five forty. Like, how are you going to get that look in practice? So they're learning on the fly. Like, Oh, I can't handle this dude. You know what yeah. I mean? And they look scared to death. I really like him. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I think I say this every time we talk about a Florida prospect, but every time I've watched the Florida defense, I just love the players. I know they're not like the best players and they need some work. And as prospects, I don't think any of them are like top 50 guys. They just love to hit, man. Like that's just a fun defense to watch. Yeah. And he was a, he was a five-star recruit, which isn't surprising because you know, we're talking six, six. Speed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I could have, I could have recruited his ass. Um, so I have him actually ranked sixth defensive lineman in this class okay. he, he was my favorite out of the group that i ended up watching um i i have him as dl9 but again five through nine for me are all day two grades and i i have them all pretty bunched together i actually think i would feel very happy if the packers took any of these guys in the second or third round dexter out of this group dexter feels like the most packers pick oh he'd be I mean, just from the intimidation factor alone, you add him to all those bodies on defense, like from a roster construction standpoint, he's going to stand out on the field and he's going to fit a role that they really need. Yeah. Um, so my top 10 defensive lineman, Jalen Carter out of Georgia, number one. Hot number take. Two, number two, Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. Three, Mozzie Smith from Michigan. Four, Brian Bercy from Clemson. Five, Kalijah Cansey from Pittsburgh. Maybe think about moving to edge. I don't, I don't know what we want to do with that. Six, Javon Dexter out of Florida. Seven, Kobe Turner out of Wake Forest. Eight, uh, Moro Jomo from Texas. Nine, Byron Young from Alabama. And then 10, Siaki Ika from Baylor. That's where I'm at. I'm at. It's, there's, there's a couple differences. Uh, Carter, one. Can't see it, two. I still love him. I just know it's not a Packer. Uh, Brucey at three. Mozzie at four. Ojomo, five. Byron Young at six, Benton at seven, Kobe Turner eight, Gervin Dexter nine, Siaki Ika at ten. He yeah. how how the mighty have fallen, man. He went from getting first round love to DL ten. All right, let's get into these wide receivers. Um, we're gonna go down the consensus draft board. I think it's worth mentioning as we go through these guys, like, is he a Packers type or is he not a Packers type? Because it's pretty evident that they have a type at wide receiver, which is generally bigger because they're going to be doing all this, you know, run game stuff, play action stuff. Um, I, I think that they're willing to not look at those guys um, in, in certain aspects, but it's a pretty specific type of guy. And that guy is speed, right? Like they they yeah. liked Chris Olave last class. Seems like they like, Jalen Hyatt in this class. Um, we'll talk about that in a bit. Let's get into these. The number one ranked uh, wide receiver on the consensus draft board is Jackson Smith and Jigba at 15th overall, Ohio State. Um, he was a guy who, you know, a lot of people thought might be a slot only type of guy. Um, he was playing in the slot last year, didn't replay really much this year because of injury and stuff like that. Um, people kind of, assumed that he was going to run like a Keenan Allen time. So like mm -hmm. a, a four, six flat, right? Like wouldn't be surprising. He ran better than that at Ohio state. Mind you, Ohio state is known for a fast track, but like, you know, his, his four, five, two, you look at that. And then you look at Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas ran a four, five, two at the combine and at Ohio state's birthday. So what do you do with that? I don't know. I just know he ran a four, five, nine or a four, five, two. Um, that's a good time for Jackson Smith and Jigba. And it seems like he's trending back up draft boards as it stands right now. Um, do you kind of think he's better used in the slot more than anything? Um, some people compared him to like Julian Edelman, for example. Right. Yeah. I think he's like CD lamb. Who's a tick slower is, is the way I would explain him. But do you take that at 15? I don't know. I mean, for the role that he could hypothetically play in the slot for Green Bay, I mean, I just really like that fit. Um, he, he's such an easy separator. And I think 
I think the thing that gets overlooked a lot with him is just spatial awareness, understanding where he is on the field at like all times, whether that is before or after the catch. I think that helps him make the plays that he does. Um, again, he's not the fastest guy. He's not the most explosive. He's not the most physical. His wiggle is out of this world. Like that guy yeah. is just a separator. And I think when you can put him in the slot or you can scheme him up on certain matchups, um, that's where I see the fit. And I, I just love the idea of having that kind of guy in the offense uh, with Christian Watson taking uh, taking the top off of the defense at 15. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I really don't know. And this might be the draft class that like Packers fans want to actually trade back. I know they get mad about trading back <laughs> and stuff like that, yeah. especially if you trade back and then take a defender. Um, the, the one issue with that, though, is I don't know how many people are going to be trying to move up the draft boards to this extent. Um, In this class, especially once yeah. you hit that tier, the blue chip guys are going to be gone by like pick seven or eight. Yeah. I mean, you, then... you, if you're a Packers fan, I mean, this isn't anything new, but you just want quarterbacks to come off the board as fast as possible. And then it's a fun um, game. Yeah. I think it, it might happen. I mean, I was told Tennessee is poking around right now, which who knows if that impacts the Jets negotiations, right? Cause if, you get the top four, and it's, you know, the Colts, the Texans, the Panthers, and Tennessee. There's no promise you're going to get one of the top four quarterbacks in this class. And then what do you do with Hendon Hooker? Are you going to take Hendon Hooker 13th overall? I personally I personally think Hendon Hooker is a top 15 pick for, for completely unbiased reasons. Just like, hey, man, run it back with the Christian Watson pick. What if we picked him higher this time? Yeah, <laughs> I don't – I saw – oh, man, who is it? On ESPN, he's a former general manager. He was the guy. Tannenbaum. Tannenbaum. He he he's the guy who traded for uh, Brett Favre when he was the Jets GM. He was saying Hendon Hooker. If it wasn't for the ACL, we'd be talking about a first overall pick type of prospect. He ended up mocking him, <sighs> I believe, to the Seahawks at fifth overall in his mock draft. Even Kuiper was surprised by that. Kuiper was like, "That would be the most shocking pick like I've ever seen." But Tannenbaum is landed all out there for the Hendon Hooker machine is going strong right now. I don't, I don't, I like him. I'd like him. He did not run a real offense. I think the stat I saw that blows me away is I think they calculate all the three-step drops of every college prospect in this class. And the average is like 52% of your throws are three-step drops. And everyone was around that number. And Hendon Hooker was at 14%. He does not run a real offense. And he's also like, what, 24, 25? He's 25. He was told politely to leave, what was it, Virginia Tech as a transfer. Mm -hmm. He didn't start. So he started 2022 as a starter, did not start 2021 when he was 24 years old. wasn't a week one starter. What are we doing here? That guy's first overall pick caliber? I don't get, I don't. No. I don't understand it at all. Um, Second wide receiver on the consensus draft board, Quinn Johnson from TCU, 16th overall. He's a guy that I'm sure Packers fans have heard of. Um, probably kept tabs on, you know, through the playoffs. TCU ended up making it to the national championship game. He's a guy who was a what well, one? He's long. Um, I think he was listed at six four. Six, five, yeah, six four. He's he actually is six two and some change. Um, big yak guy. Um, you know has has you know running back background. But didn't play with a lot of talent. I mean, Max Duggan, the guy who. Uh, ended up being a Heisman finalist. He's probably not getting drafted in this draft. He wasn't the week one starter for TCU. That's kind of what he was dealing with. So he was taking a lot of screens and stuff. He dealt with some injuries uh, this past year. He is, as far as like the hashtag Packers types, right? Like Johnston is probably number one, even though I do think Njigba is probably in play for Green Bay. Yeah. I am. I think it's worth noting on his tape because you can like tell he's not a hundred percent on a lot of the tape you watch this season because of that yeah. ankle. But after the catch, man, he's just so fun to watch with the ball in his hands. He's so long. His contact balance is good. He, he knows how to like when he's on those curl comeback routes, right? Like he has that feel of where the defender is and knows how to turn away from them or get them to whiff. Uh, he makes a lot of plays like that. He can finish with strength. Um, I'm not totally sold on him as a separator, and I don't think his yeah. jump ball ability is where it needs to be yet. Those those are things that could hypothetically improve, right? But like the height, weight, speed, length, 
And then just the after the catch ability uh, is very fun for him. It, it, it makes him a difficult uh, projection though, just because there's a couple question marks on the tape. Yeah. And that's the thing where you start looking at green Bay and like, what do you need? And that's yeah. when things start to split up because, you know, obviously Watson can take the top off of defense, right? If you plan on Dobbs being on the field, he's struggled against man, man press specifically this past year. That's why he had so much production in the first half of the season, got hurt, and then came back and teams were like, yeah, just press the hell out of him. He can't really deal with it right now. His release package isn't where it needs to be. And, you know, he was a fourth round rookie. So like, I'm not, I'm not blaming him for that, but if, if you're looking at like complementary pieces and how everything fits as a whole, if you need to beat man coverage, Jackson Smith and Jigba in the slot is a better option than Quentin Johnston, I think, right now. Yep. I agree. And that, that feels so weird to say because we've talked so much. Ever since I've joined Acme Packing Company, I'm just, I think I'm addicted to talking about high weight speed wide receivers. I think it's a contractually required. When you work I know, and I know right. people hate it, and they're like, "Just take the best player." But like, this is the system. Yeah, this is this yeah, is why they were. This is why they're okay with transitioning to Jordan Love. This is the system is everything. That's what this is. This team is built for. Um, third ranked wide receiver on the consensus draft board, Jordan Addison, twenty first overall out of USC. He transferred from Pittsburgh. Won the Bolitnikoff, uh two years ago when Kenny Pickett was throwing him the ball, ended up transferring to USC when they had uh, Lincoln Riley come in and, and Caleb Williams ended up transferring there at quarterback. Um, didn't have as good of a year. Very small. I don't think that he's in play in Green Bay. This, this is probably my hot take of the draft because I've just stuck with it, and I don't think he's a fit for Green Bay as well, but he is still my wide receiver one. And Really? I, I, yeah. Even though he, I, ran, he ran whatever, he's like a – He's never, yeah. I don't think he's ever been a true like explosive speed threat, but yeah, I just, I agree. I don't think he loses speed when he's cutting on his routes on intermediate and deep throws. And I think that's really hard for some of these guys. I've seen too many of these guys trying to get in and out of their routes deep downfield where you can see that they're sacrificing some speed to do so. He's just got that uncanny. That's what made him so productive at Pittsburgh. And that's what made him productive when on the field at USC. Um, I keep comparing him to Devonte Smith, man. Like I know he's undersized. I know he's not the fastest, but he's just got some dog in him too. Uh, I, I really like him. Uh, I, 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 I'm not saying he's like far head and shoulders above Smith and Jigba or Johnston. Again, kind of like the day two D lineman. I, I have them pretty tightly bunched, but I like his game. I just, if you're that small, you gotta be fast. Like you, you have to be like. Uh, Devonta I know, Smith. I know. Yep. To me, I I just I don't love it. This draft class, in general, like not even just the wide receiver position in general, is just like to me. I'm like, do we just not care about size and strength anymore? Anyway, like you got you guys realize we're playing like we're projecting these guys into the NFL, right? Like they're playing against grown ass men. Like it's not all just about running and stuff. So yeah, I don't know. That that's just how I feel about Addison. I, I don't think he's really relevant um for the Packers. The next guy, right. Zay Flowers, Boston College, ranked twenty-seventh on the consensus draft board. I also don't think that he's in play uh, in Green I Bay. I want him though. He's more fun to me. I just think they're pretty strict about guys who are that short. And yep. it, it's just not something that Green Bay has done outside of the running back position, right? So, like, um, I think he's, like, 5'9". Yeah, 5'9", like, 182, and he had to build up to that 182. If if you wanted to make the case, say, Flowers is the best receiver in this draft, I wouldn't necessarily blame you because I think he's the best, like, can take a slant for a touchdown threat. You know what I mean? Like, he's – I don't know if people are going to compare him to Antonio Brown, but like if you did, I would understand it. You know what I mean? But like Antonio Brown was like a what, like a three-time first-team All-Pro, so pretty lofty comp. comp. But I, I, I get it. That's kind of his game. It's all—he's so fun to watch, but it's also all the off-field stuff you hear. 
everything you hear about this kid is that just like this kid's work ethic, personality, everything. He's going to fit right in wherever he goes. Just an infectious personality. Uh, he had the opportunity to go to the senior bowl, but <clears throat> I had already committed to the shrine bowl uh, a bit earlier. And it's like, I, I keep my promises and stayed. And I really respect that. Um, I just love watching this tape, man. He is tiny. Love watching him run those whip routes in the, at the goal line, things like that. He, he, he's a fun player. He's not a player. He's the only, like, not sizable guy in this class that I'm like, damn, I wish. Yep. I wish we could get a guy like that. But he doesn't really fit what they want in their system. Like, what are you going to do with a 5'9 guy blocking when you have to motion a guy down to the line of scrimmage and all your wide receivers are, like, at most five yards away from a tight end? You know what I mean? Yep. Like. That that's where stuff starts get funky starts to get funky with him. Um, the last I think potential first round pick on this list, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, thirty fifth overall. I was told the Packers are looking into Jalen Hyatt. I told I was told that he's kind of like their Chris Olave this year. You know this this not big guy because he's not necessarily small, but the not big guy who they love has a ton of speed. As we mentioned already, Tennessee runs a fake offense where you're basically just running away from coverage, which makes sense, right? But, like, then you're not working on timing, and it's all shot plays down the field. It works for him because he's very fast. He was talked about as, like, a potential first half of the first round type of guy until the combine. And then he ran a 4-4, and he fell down draft. He might be the first guy in NFL history to take – a tumble for running a four, four, like people just thought he was going to be a four, three type of speed guy. Um, can't remember. When did we, Oh God. When did we become numb to four, four? Like that's an outrageous, that's outrageous. I was told, Oh man, what's his name? I got to look this up. He's a duck too. DJ Johnson. Um, the pass rusher for Oregon. I was told he runs a four, four and he's like not even training that hard. And he, he he ran a verified 4-4 at the combine at, like, 260. So, yeah, maybe we're just making freaks. Maybe college football is doing a better job of identifying the athletes from the high school level because of all these camps. I don't know if that's making better football prospects, um, but I, I think that's kind of where we're at right now with that. Hyatt, um, Again, I don't know if I mentioned this. Brian Gutekunst, it was reported already that he was taking a trip down to Tennessee for Tennessee's Pro Day. If you're looking at that, I mean, they have three major prospects, right? Who's he looking at? Pennant Hooker at quarterback? Probably not. Probably not. Do you think they're going to – I know they took Brian Brom the year after um, – or the year that Aaron Rodgers was supposed to start, but I don't know if they want to repeat that situation. Um, didn't really work out for him. So, <laughs> and then he's going to, he's going to get drafted way earlier than they'd even consider taking him yeah. anyway. And there's that's a bunch what, of day three quarterbacks. I think they'll take a flyer on one of them. That's what I think too. And then they have the tackle out there. They have the right tackle. Um, I'm spacing on his name, but Darnell Wright, Darnell Wright, who's very athletic, um, kind of fits what the Packers want to do on the offensive line, but he'd be, I don't a think... good, he'd be a good right tackle for them. Yeah. I just don't know. They have so many needs right now, and yep. they rostered 11 offensive linemen last year, and they're, so every single one of them is coming back. Yeah, I don't really know if they're actually going to be in the offensive line market, which is kind of kind of sucks because I think it's the best position for them. Like it's it's what they have the most success at drafting, and then the other guys high it. So put two and two together, guys. I'm just saying, I, I think Hyatt's really in play and I, I don't know if it's going to be like Hyatt rises up draft boards up until the draft where it's like Peter Schrager sends out the tweet the night before the draft and it's like hey by the way a lot of teams are thinking about Jalen Hyatt in the top 20 but I think that there's a real possibility of that so yeah Hyatt's a fast guy I don't really understand the process of trading two second round picks including one that you got back for Devontae Adams um, to trade up for Christian Watson because he is big and fast, and then also needing another fast guy, right? Like skinny, fa- you need the big fast guy and the skinny fast guy, right? Because that that's why I think like the Smith and Jigba, from my perspective, right, yeah. makes more sense as like the man beater than Jalen Hyatt does. 
Because if Jalen Hyatt beats man, especially right now, especially as a rookie, especially Jordan Love's first year, where are you throwing nine routes? Like you're just throwing shot plays up the side. Is that what this team is trying to be? I don't know. I don't know. And he's such a hard evaluation on tape because he's never having to go against press. He's not really running a full route. Yeah, teams tree, are scared it. to death of, yeah. of that offense because yeah. their slot receiver is lined up five yards from the sideline. Like it's, yeah. it's the complete opposite of the Packers offense. Yeah. Uh, so that's, it's so hard to project what that could be in a Packers offense. Cause you're just not seeing any of the things the Packers do. Like you can tell that he's extremely explosive. His foot quickness is great. He can cut on a dime just like off the snap because he is so fast. Um, but that's really all you can all you can project based off what you see because um, you don't see a whole lot of other stuff he's asked to do. The next guy on the board, um, Josh Downs. I haven't actually watched him. Um, part of it is because I don't think he's really in play for the Packers. Um, have heard he's a good slot receiver. Know a lot of people really like him. Um, yeah. A lot of people you know, bang the table for him, but have heard he's kind of like discount Jackson Smith and Jigba, but like can probably only play in the slot. I don't know if you've seen him, but that's what he, I got. When I first watched him, he gave me vibes of just like a bite-sized early career Randall Cobb because he does have experience as a return specialist as well. Um, but he, yeah, he's too small. He's small, shifty. Um, I do really like the way he can run some of his routes. Um I'm I'm just not sure about the top end play speed. Um, and I, I don't think you can really use them as an asset in the run game. And I think that's the other thing we need to bring up when we're talking about these receivers. They are going to need someone to replace Lazard. Like that's a huge role in this offense that they're, they're going to be lacking. Yeah. And maybe that comes from a tight end. It's yes. kind of my thinking is there's, like, there's going to be some ones in this, like, uh, not even maybe not even true traditional inline guys, but guys that can play like that wing or something that can fill that right, like a Laporta, right? Like yeah. maybe it's like, Hey, we're spending a fourth round pick on Laporta or I, I don't think they have enough confidence in Deguara. I know, I know Goot today or not today, but this week said that, you know, he has a lot of confidence in Tyler Davis and Deguara. That makes one of us because it isn't me. Um <laughs> I think you want a better move guy than Deguara. I think Deguara is kind of a fullback right now. I think he's good at his role, but, like, yeah, don't use him nearly enough in that role. Like, they're not using him. They're not feeding him, like, use check or anything like that. So, yeah, I think they're probably going to want another wing. Because I don't know how serious they are about Deguara splitting out into the slot and actually giving him looks there. No. I I think we brought up a day three option, but Cincinnati's Josh Wiley, Wiley, whatever it is. Like he, when I see him, I just think insert blocker. I think he'd be a good fit. But we are talking about wide receivers that are not, unfortunately, Josh Downs. Yeah. So here's where, at least on the consensus draft board, mm-hmm. there's a big drop, right? So it goes from 46 Josh Downs to 76 Tyler Scott from Cincinnati. He's that high on consensus boards? Apparently. He's another guy, him, and I guess we'll talk about two guys in a row because it's kind of the same story. Tyler Scott, Cincinnati, Nathaniel Dell Houston, they're ranked uh, 76, 78th on the consensus draft board. Those are both guys who I think are too small to play in Green Bay, especially in Nathaniel Dell. I mean, Dell is, what, like 160s? There's no way the Packers are going to take him. He's not relevant to him. No. We might as well skip both of these guys. I mean, I also, <laughs> I have them way lower on this list. I have Tyler Scott as wide receiver 13 and Dell as 15. I can't believe people are ranking Dell that he's 160 pounds. Small, like he's a returner. Yeah. He's a fun returner. He has experience doing it and he excelled at it. Um, but he's so small. I mean, he was doing the Tyler Lockett thing. I think on tape, I was watching like, I got the ball and I think I'm going to die if I get hit. And I just need to fall down. How can you spend a third round? Like, Tutu Atwell was picked in the second. He hasn't made a play in the NFL. What are we doing? He, he did some stuff last year, I think. I heard his name a couple of times. And I was like, I can't believe he's getting reps. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Um, Next guy on the list, Cedric Tillman, 83rd out of Tennessee. He was the other guy um, with Jalen Hyatt. I guess I probably should have mentioned him when we were talking about Tennessee prospects. Mm-hmm. He's a bigger guy. I think he kind of fits what the Packers kind of want to do at the wide receiver position. Um, he kind of felt to me like a bigger, like 
Amari Rogers when I watched mm-hmm. him. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people who are bigger fans of him than me. What are your thoughts on him? I mean, I think this is a guy we should just already go ahead and circle that we need to circle back on next week. Cause I think both you and I are low on him. I have him as 16th wide receiver. Um, it's cause he played banged up all last year. Solak, when we talked to him at the combine and a few others are obsessed with this guy and they, all of them say the same thing, go back and watch the 2021 tape. And yeah. I still haven't done it. Well, um, yeah, he has, he, he did have an injury this year. I know yeah. Galco harassed me about him too. Um, I don't care if this gets back to Galco. We could do. I, I talk crap to him in front of his face. Galco was like, "You're way too long, Tillman. You're a dummy." Um, but yeah, I, w- I was evaluating him off of 2022 tape, which is, it is what it is. He was banged up a little bit, so his RAS. I don't know if this is updated, but I tried to write these as they were coming in nine five six. I don't know if that's still the case. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, he, he is a bigger guy. I don't know if he's six three three two thirteen. I don't know if he's going to do the Alan Lazard stuff. Like, I didn't see that, but he is a bigger guy, and that is generally what they kind of want. Um, Next guy on the list, Marvin Mims, another guy just chalked up to doesn't fit their height, weight, speed stuff. I didn't watch him. I liked him, but, yeah, not a Packer. Um, Crazy good podium, too. I really liked hearing him talk at the – the combine but yeah not a packer he's small three more guys in the top 100 and this is where we start getting to our guys who are rising up draft boards we targeted them early we talked about them i think like i started watching receivers probably like in october and i was like two of the next three that we talked that we're going to talk about i was like these guys are so much better than like the fifth round picks or whatever that that they're being discussed as and they're slowly rising up First one, Rasheed Rice, uh, 85 overall from uh, SMU. He's not small, but he's, like, stocky, I mm-hmm. guess the way to explain it. Um, I, I think he can do a lot of, like, the peak Randall Cobb stuff, at least yeah. you know, as a wide receiver, not necessarily out of the backfield. Just, like, would be good outside, good inside. He's a really good athlete, um, you know, relative to his size. Like, I think he was in in the nines, too, as a Raz player. Um, just a good football player. I think that's, like, the sneaky, like, third, fourth-round pick that it's just like, okay, we have our wide receiver core now, and hopefully it works out. I, I describe him as, like, the acrobat in this class, right? Like, he makes some ludicrous catches, whether it's on the sideline or on jump balls and things like that. Just, like, he really – does a good job of positioning himself and then has the athletic ability to go out and get the ball uh, and then keep his feet in bounds when he needs to. Um, so very fun player. Uh, I, I don't have too many more notes on him, but I do have him as wide receiver six. Uh, and with the way he tested, uh, I, I feel pretty confident about that. Um, another thing I just noticed, you know, it could be inconsequential, but I remember there's one game where he's clearly in a lot of pain after yeah. a play. Um and he just gets right back out there uh, and keeps performing. Um, and I always respect guys like that. He's tough as hell. He's you yeah. know, six foot, 200 pounds, consistent producer at SMU for four years. He he basically had like 700 yards like every season until this past year and then doubled that, you know. So that's what you want to see. Ascension. I like that. Tough, just like solid across the board is yeah. the way to kind of explain him. Um Next guy, and this is not not the uh, our our guy in the final trio, Keishon Butte, LSU had a pretty He's still this high. Wow, dude, I don't, dude, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. So also, I don't think it's Butte. I think it is pronounced booty. Is it booty? It is pronounced. I looked it up. I'm pretty sure, like ninety percent sure it's booty. Keishon Booty. That's why he's top one hundred. <laughs> it's that. It's like um, Carson Strong last year. Oh, uh, quarterback's name strong. Oh, I gotta yeah. move him up there. Well, unfortunate name for Booty because he was allegedly uh, dismissed from LSU due to an involvement in a, I believe, is being reported as a sex party uh, that included staffers, players, and coaches. Which, not great. That, mind you, was after uh, he had already announced that he was going to return to LSU for a senior season after he was expected to be like a top 10 pick coming yep. into the season, like he was yep. ranked that high, hadn't a terrible year this year for his standards. 
um, was a guy that like really broke out like as a freshman and then a bunch of weird stuff happened and there was a falling out with the past coaching staff. And then there was a, a weird situation with Brian Kelly where LSU staff wasn't as punctual as they needed to be to allow Boote, Booty, sorry, apologies, to transfer within the conference. Apparently he was poking around at like Alabama. That fell through because of basically timing and misunderstanding of deadlines. And then he had to return to LSU. So he's like a big old question mark. Didn't run at his pro day after having a poor combine. Just like nothing criminal, nothing violent, but like all the little things, right? All the little red flags, right? It's just like boop, 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 another one. And I will say this, like if you have one of those and, you know, you can try and give them the benefit of the doubt, but there's a lot. It's just, just little things. And at some point that's going to add up. To put it simply, maybe maybe he's because none of those things are bad. And I no, right No, is having sex with a consenting adult a bad thing. No, is not being happy when a coaching staff basically force you to play at a school for another year, right? Is is that yeah. bad? No. Is not running at your pro day a bad thing? No. But all the things on top of each other leaves a lot of question marks, and I don't yep. think anyone's cost themselves more money in the past 12 months as draft prospect than, than Booty. It's such a hard evaluation because I don't, he didn't even play very well last year when he was on the field. Like a lot of the, I'll, I'll never forget the season opener against Florida state. Cause that game was wild. Um, he just looked disinterested, was not run like finishing his routes was dropping passes. It was rough. Um, so just not a good look for him. I, I, I've dropped him all the way down into day three just cause I have no idea who's going to take him. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a guessing game with him. I mean, he's, we talk about the guys who are easy to evaluate a lot. Like, what do you do with this guy? I'm sure yep. on some boards, he's just not even going to be there. Um, last guy, 100th on the top 100, A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest. Your he's guy. an MVS clone. <laughs> and he's always been an MVS clone. I, I saw. He's an old MVS clone, though, for the record. Yeah. Um, I saw a video of him running the three cone at Wake Forest's pro day. And he turns like a ship. And I'm like, that's MVS, dude. We got it. So he's he's lengthy, right? He's 6'4". He's extremely fast. He's the type of guy that can take a top off of defense. He's not as dynamic as uh, of a guy with a ball in his hand as like a Christian Watson, which is why there's, you know, a round plus difference between where those guys are going to go. But if MVS is making, MVS is making what, $10 million a year? Like, you can get that in the third round, fourth round. That's so much plus value that you add to your roster. He's the guy that makes sense to me. If they don't go for a guy like – because if we're, if we're looking at, quote-unquote, Packers guys in this class, right, it's Smith and Jigba, Johnston, Hyatt, Perry, Tillman, Rice, and, and uh, Booty, right? If you don't take Hyatt and you want speed – at least in the earlier part of the draft, Perry's probably the guy, you know? So he's a guy I would circle, underline, bookmark, whatever you want to do, A.T. Perry's name from here on out until the draft. I got him as wide receiver seven, but I love him because um, he does have that deep threat ability, long strider. Um, we talk a lot about body control with like jump balls and sideline catches and stuff like that. But I, I love how he uses his body to like lean into defensive backs and then create that separation, like by I don't kind of, not always pushing off with like his hands, right? But like he leans into them and then gets into his break to maximize that separation. Um, he's really good at that. He has a really good feel of it. Um, so when I see that combined with the breakaway speed, like it's really fun. You can tell he has the awareness, like when a play is broken down, to adjust his route, go off script, get open for his quarterback. Um, it's too bad he won't be doing that with Aaron Rodgers because uh, that would fit pretty well. Um, but he's a he's a really really fun prospect to watch and a, a great fit for what Green Bay could use. This wide receiver class is just so interesting to me because I I think we can tell what the roles of these guys would be in a Packer outside of like Rasheed Rice 
right? Who can kind of do a little bit of everything. I think their roles are pretty defined. And I think whoever the Packers draft, because I do think they'll draft someone because they basically have just like Samari Toure in the running for wide receiver three, right? I guess Keyshawn Nixon, that was another thing that was brought up by. uh, Yeah, you said, I was going to make the joke. You said that Keyshawn Nixon was going to play in the slot. And I was like, on what side of the ball? Maybe both at this point. That's what LaFleur said. They're working on a package for him uh, to play in the slot. Um, But I I think whatever pick they draft is going to tell us what they think about the receivers and what roles they want those receivers to play kind of moving forward. Because I do think it's an easy draft class to evaluate wide receiver in the aspect of like, this is what they're going to do. This is what they bring to the table. There's not a lot of on-field question marks for these guys um as far as the like in play for the packers receivers rankings this is how i'm doing it i ended up having seven guys who i think are 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 ranked in the uh, consensus top 100 um number one for me jackson smith and jigba i just think what he can bring to green bay it's like he would have the most impact to me um two quinn johnston I think he's arguably the most talented wide receiver in terms of like upside in this class three Jalen Hyatt, um, obviously going to be in play, obviously has a lot of speed, uh, four AT Perry, kind of the same thing as Hyatt, but bigger. I, I think they should be valued more closely than, uh, people have in their rankings right now, at least consensus wise five or she rice just can do everything. Six Cedric Tillman. Who's like, He's big. Let's figure out what he can do from here. And again, that's Tillman is a guy that we're going to need to revisit next week. Cause again, yeah, I do have to watch his 2021 stuff. And then seventh last is Keishon Butte or booty. Um, just because I, what do you do with him? I don't know his tape. At least if, if we're ranking him just off a of tape from last year, he's last Man. on the list already. And that's Man. before all this other stuff comes up. So yeah. I don't know. My my list of the guys you mentioned is identical. I would just flip her she rice and AT Perry. Uh, and that's just because I, I think the only thing that Let's gave me go. the edge was was that uh he just got the toughness in that one game I watched. And it's such a stupid like football brain thing. But I just loved seeing it when you, you know you play for SMU, you're not playing for a college football playoff team and to just gut it out like that. Uh I just I love players that are tough like that. Uh, especially in a class where it's a bunch of smalls. It's yeah. nice showing the guys that are uh, tough as hell. Um, there are so many other guys I like in this class, and I'm worried. There's I'm worried. so many guys that, like, I'm just looking at the consensus draft board right now, and there's, mm-hmm. like, 10 other guys that people, like, I watched uh, Puka Nakua, the BYU Which guy. I did not, yeah. He's a smaller guy, but he can kind of do some of that Alan Lazard stuff. He played at BYU, you know, obviously, if you guys remember, like, the Zach Wilson stuff, right? Like, he was a, a – they run a pro-style system. You know, they do a lot, but they run a pro-style system. So there are times, like, Nakua is getting end-of-rounds from under center, right? There are times where he's motioning down and blocking guys at the line of scrimmage and stuff like that. Um, Bryce Ford Whedon from West Virginia. Super tall guy. He runs a 4-3. Someone's yeah. going to love him. Like, there's, there's all sorts of guys in this class like that. Um, I thought – Dante Dimas, if he would have declared last year mm-hmm. and he were healthy, he's probably high second round pick. Now he's because of the injury in the year that he had this last season, he's probably gonna go fifth or later, I would assume. Um, but yeah, I mean there's there's just tons of dudes in this class. I think this is a really deep wide receiver class, I guess is the way to explain it. Cause I think there's gonna be guys in the fourth, fifth round that like you're like, oh. This could be a useful guy. Like we're excited to have him in camp. Hopefully he can be something. Can I talk about four more guys? I just really like go for the platforms yours. Um, yeah, the rest of these, I watched 25 guys and a lot of these guys, I'm just like, eh, whatever. Um, I am going to bang the table for Jaden Reed. I don't know where he ends up uh, at a Michigan state. I just think everyone watching that the senior bowl. Watching his career unfold, you know, transfer from Western Michigan and then came to Michigan State with Kenneth Walker, and he was just a stud, man. Like, that year with Kenneth Walker, he was making all kinds of plays. 
a bit of a drop off last year, quarterback situation, no running game. It was an uglier for the Spartans. Um, I just think he's a separator. I think he can track the ball. Well, I think he can make contested catches. He can do a little bit of everything. And I think his frame holds up. What is he listed at five eleven one eighty seven? It's going to be tough for me to think that he's going to be a Packer. Um, and I imagine he'd probably play a similar similar role to what they want Romeo Dobbs to be. Um, right. That's so. that's the tough thing with those smaller yeah. guys because unless you're going to unless you're a slot and a slot who can beat man like Jackson Smith and Jigba, it, it's it's hard to see how the chemistry in that room leads to success. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Um, John or Dontavian Wicks. Out of Virginia was another guy. I need to watch him. He's a guy who's Packer size. So many drops, but I promise you, if you watch like the previous year or even some of that, you just see a wide receiver that knows how to play the position. Subtle moves on his routes, you know, good separation, good burst. You know, he just looks like an outside receiver to me. Like I watch him and outside of, yeah, just catches, which I don't think necessarily carry over year to year. Um, I I think he's a Packer. Kind of reminds me, the guy I like a lot that I could definitely see Matt LaFleur gushing over is Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss. Um, another, you know, big body, athletic, but he just blocks his absolute ass off. Um, yeah, I, I saw that when I was watching. Uh, the. So I haven't studied Mingo. In he's 220. Depth. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, he's he's really big. Um, I, I watched him in passing when I was watching those Bama safeties. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, he's pretty apparent like i don't know if that feels like a mingo the guy like that type of a guy i think that's the guy you have doing some of the lazard stuff yep but he's not the first receiver you draft in this draft class like i don't think he could be your wide receiver three right now but you can get him some reps get him on the field get him on special teams that type of stuff yeah um the only other guy i at least wanted to brush on because i think it's pertinent to Packers fans because of his size. Uh, Michael Wilson out of Stanford. Uh, I don't know how you evaluate this guy because his tape's fun. He's good size, but he's never played more than six games in a season. <laughs> Just always hurt. And then he did really well at the senior bowl. Yeah. And was a guy that like, the they, I think they had a couple Stanford DBs uh, at the senior bowl. People were asking him, asking them about Michael Wilson. And they were like, yeah, dude, he torches us in practice. If he was healthy, like he'd be, you know, way higher ranked. So, yeah, that's one of the tough. Him and and Booty are probably the toughest wide receiver evals in this class. I would say. I I just think Wilson's ability to separate and his outrageous vertical leaping ability. Like, so when he's not separating, he can still come away on jump balls. Like, it's it's a pretty nice combination. I have no idea where he goes. Uh, I've seen people put him like top fifty, and I've seen people have him day three. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll be very curious to see. I think a lot of that's just stuff we'll never know, right? Like medical evaluations and things like that. Um, so we'll have absolutely no idea of knowing. Um, other than that, I mean, there's a bunch of guys. If you want another Amari Rogers, could I interest you in Parker Washington out of Penn State? I've seen a little bit of him, and yeah, I mean, that's what it reminds me of. I'm just, but I like him. That's the other. I'm just part triggered that by Amari me. Rogers. I I'm know. Just like, I'm just like, but what do you do? You don't really like have a trait. He's a running What's gonna back. happen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're playing the wrong position, buddy. I don't understand it. Um, next week, Ed Rushers. Yeah, oh, that's a fun one. This I'm class ready. is awesome. This class I is so good. There's 12 guys in the top 100. I've seen in depth like five of them, six, six. So I'm gonna have a lot of takes. I'm excited. I, I I'm pre- I haven't finalized the edge grades because I like to do them as we're going along. I'm pretty sure I have ten edge rushers in the top fifty. That makes sense. It seems like it's, it's a pretty good class. Uh, it's awesome. I saw That's, someone. It's top heavy too. Like there are some guys at the top that are just going to be absolute studs. I think it was Kuiper said that Adabaware, the Northwestern kid, is going to go like top twenty. Adetamiwa Adibare. I studied this all yesterday. I kept saying the name out loud just over and over. Adetamiwa Adibare. Uh, he is the perfect 4-3 defensive end. Yeah. 
I'm I'm excited to watch these guys. What guys are we revisiting this next week? I'm gonna watch. We got to watch Tillman. I think Tillman's the big one. I think that's else. Yeah. Um, Dontavian Wicks. Wicks. I'll watch Wicks. I'll watch Wicks and I'll watch uh, Tillman. Tillman. Watch Nakua. Oh yeah, let me write that down. Watch Watch Nakua. Nakua is something. I don't know what he is. He can play a role, though, for sure. He could just do so much. He's kind of so, like Rice. Okay. I like that. So we'll both watch Tillman 2021. You'll watch Wix. I'll watch Nakua. Done. Cool. Edge rushes next week. Let's do it. That's go my, back up. My, my favorite. Can't wait. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.